Lincoln here from Turn to Burn, and welcome to another episode of Word Wars, where we declare war on flesh through poetry. We declare the word of God, the gospel, through this poetic mean, and hopefully it is a blessing to your family units. You can use this in whatever medium that you choose to share the gospel. Thank you for being present today. Can anyone tell me what begotten means? I can show you what it doesn't. Two percheron horses producing an ape. Jamaicans call an illegitimate child a jacket. As many devious thoughts run crude rackets, males sign their names to wrong birth certificates ending up with huge child support bills. Then hitmen get calls, followed by police, then child services, a well-dressed apocalyptic beast, and that jacket becomes another Nate craft, left adrift on a punctured life raft surrounded by sharks, heart unplugged, so he becomes an Iceman. Our Heavenly Father sees his creation. Amidst the tears he shed from the fall of Adam, he saw his image genetically modified, doomed in hell to forever fry, definitely not the man he made, a jacket of his image with Eden's raid, Man now with an apple stuck in his throat. Nowhere in God's blueprint was that found. As demons flaunt, love's free man was eternally bound. The sinless feet of love touched the blood-soaked ground wrapped in swaddling clothes. As man bowed demonic knees, he became the opposite of monogenies, spliced with darkness, perfection marred. And so Christ chose to leave his pure, his pure throne to inherit our scars, becoming the jacket for all mankind. Father became just God. Eloi, Eloi, Lama Sabachthani. See in the back of the man whose face he hosted. His face became as unrecognizable as the inhuman race he loves. He released Noah's dove to all jackets, seeing that dove constantly return with an olive branch. Life is not your own, so suicide is stealing. Life flows solely from God's throne, whose suffering brought us healing. Bad news spreads like wildfire, lives starved of God's love to take us higher. People who misdirected their prior 
and put a bullet to their head that didn't misfire. So many people succumb to their griefs, spilling their blood like God between two thieves, robbing Christ of the pleasure of their company by locking themselves in the garage with the car running. As they run away from voices so violent, nothing about flesh suicide isn't permanent. Swallowing pills shows courage to evade jazz strength. Even the attempt deeply brands us. Some with wounds that are obvious, others worse off with emotional scars. Spirits trapped beneath flesh bars, losing wars with each wasted breath. Falling with each struggling step, and tricked by the whisper that suicide is brave. Wouldn't you rather die free than live a slave? A grave seems a penthouse compared to this shack of a life. No one dares connect with all your pain and strife, forgetting that Ja touched the rotting leper when one word could suffice. But you selfishly don't think anyone deserves to experience you, especially God. So as you roll your last spliff and drink your last shot of tangeray, the opening to the closing act as copious pints of blood spray, considerately laying in the tub to not leave a mess. Ignoring the family and friends who somehow ignored your stress. Following Japanese commanders who failed in battle. Slicing vertically along the vein showing preparedness. Locking the door and leaving the radio running. So they don't hear the shot or your body shaking. But you still make the grave mistake. It was your life to manage, not yours to take. Arguments for and against euthanasia above man's pay grade. Christ inseminated you with an atom of his DNA and ensured flesh was defeated as he boldly resurrects in each infant believer who chose spiritual suicide to the reign of the deceiver. The moment you decided to die was priceless. But there is a death that clears life's mess. And only by dying with Christ can you be born again. My lost friend, God's love conquers your pain. The pain that you declared your truth is a lie. That lie is the cocoon before you can fly. And the shadow of death is larger than the reality. God has a master plan to lead to your identity. The life you manage is a supreme blessing. Meant to be lived in unity with your king. Because you are made in 
his image. Victorious and equipped to make life your footstool. And one with God, love yourself and know you are connected to someone bigger. And straighten your finger as you remove it from the trigger guard. Knowing with Christ you are ready to manage this life hard. The thorns protect a beautiful rose and pain is your fertilizer. Have you ever seen that person? They are just so hopeful. You know they are facing the same challenges like you. You see them stumbling with the same competence as you. However, they are still so hopeful. They fail to adopt your supreme skepticism, constantly rejecting the downgrade to pessimism. They seem to have some other force pulling their cords because instead of glum underdogs, they are stout overlords. Underdog was one of my favorite cartoons. His red tights and blue capes stay in my mind. An unsuspecting hero defeating crime. A puppy who refused to exist blind because he knew his purpose and identity. He possessed a hope that was kinetic and for many episodes was magnetic. As normal folks had a live superhero, a regular citizen who stamped numbers before his zero. Almost 20-20 years ago, a baby was born, surrounded by flies and feces because the world had no space for her king. He thrived from a ghetto called Galilee, a name meaning circle of heathens. Sometimes I watch a weightlifter called C.T. Fletcher. His colorful language drowned by the ticking in his heart. Usain shows that Flash can have the worst start. And anyone saying something else has a mouth oozing fart. The gospel is real. You're hearing this poem from an evader of blue steel. I cherish the night I almost died at the hands of two shutters. Kemar and Chris, thank you. Those pistols awoke me. I finally saw my red tights and the blue cape. Christ, my superhero, caused this underdog to escape. Now, I fail to adapt evil's dark skepticism, constantly rejecting the downgrade to pessimism. Now, the eternal force is pulling my cords. Because instead of a glum underdog, I'm a stout overlord. Join the Family Institute today and learn how to make better life choices by cultivating a godly mindset in our messianic mentorship programs. 
All programs are $120 per person monthly, with personal sessions $100 for individuals and $200 for family. We look forward to have you join the conversation at famtfamily.com. There's a pastor lurking in your church, neck deep in everyone's business, in all conversations like Wrigley's, the spirit replaced by rumors leading assemblies. Hands-off leaders making room for Pastor Grapevine, his telephone line continuously engaged. Brothers and sisters, the spirit enraged, preferring this method to communicate. Discipled to be politically correct reprobates even where someone's soul is doomed. Pastor Grapevine, in the center of the room, working overtime. This pastor, morbidly obese, stuffed on a daily diet of rumors. Churches lay infested with tumors, opposing open communications, preferring tongues of dark demons, thinking hypocrisy is being kind. Churchians prefer their carnal mind, leaders blind and snoring at the wheel. Pastor Grapevine promoted to bishop. There's a man you dream to be, but then the mirror torments you. Your celebrities and stars provide heroes, with you your own villain, your nightmare in flesh, and you wake up to the reality that you are not man enough. Life hits you on the chin and reveals you're not that tough. The strings hanging down between your crotch betray your effeminacy. Your home devoid masculinity. What domestic excellence. Satan rapes your wife and you give him a Sam Adams. Your bills shrink you down to size. Your son stares you in the eyes and recognizes his father is not man enough. A better best. I know life can defeat my current best. And that's why I choose to shorten nightly rest. And add another layer to my bulletproof vest knowing that I am going to get hit. Comforted that life is a bad shot or maybe a sadist, I constantly shorten my bucket list, jolted by the somber reminder of life's fist, daring me to exit my shell, more frightened by living on earth than burning in hell. The fires stoked by my mediocrity, 
my best unworthy of entering the parking lot of an Olympic stadium. Average me with an above average target on my chest. Knowing life can defeat my current best. And that's why I choose to short nightly rest and add another layer to my bulletproof vest knowing that I am going to get hit. I flinch like a battered woman fearing her pimp nursing my wounds a scared hound with a limp caught in the middle of the road brutally facing a divine hack life rapes man until he either loves it or fights back my best a whimper leaving stains in my brand new pampas relieved that no one smells me beyond the perfume of rotting flesh the result of a mediocre world with a mediocre best thrusting at life with a micro penis more interested in excuses than in diffusing that IED on our dining table. A cruel demonic fable labeled our best. Or ticking presents underneath the Christmas tree. Join the Family Institute today and learn how to make better life choices by cultivating a godly mindset in our messianic mentorship programs. All programs are $120 per person monthly with personal sessions, $100 for individuals and $200 for family. We look forward to have you join the conversation at famtfamily.com.